Hello and thank you for joining us for our Pulse and Foursquare podcast. My name is Pastor Greg Perkins and I appreciate you tuning us in today. That God may speak to you through his word and the Holy Spirit may minister to you through the messages that are brought forth. That you'll be blessed and we pray that you will continue to listen to our podcast and we pray that you would have a blessed day. God bless you all. been confused by the weather lately it's just kind of been one of us <laughs> it's been really confusing snow rain sun you know it's typical montana if you don't like the weather wait five minutes so, <laughs> uh, today we're gonna be moving on from chapter six in mark to chapter seven and today i want to talk about matters of the heart really just a, our heart issue where is our heart in relation to this story that Jesus is going to talk about, uh, in my Bible it says clean and unclean. Uh, he's going to be addressing um, the Pharisees that were upset that the disciples had not washed their hands before they ate. And so they were making a big deal of this. Now normally when I taught my kids, when they were growing up, we Yes, wash your hands before you eat. That's, that's normal hygiene, right? But this was more than just normal hygiene. This was actually a ceremonial religious thing that they were trying to push uh, Jesus to, to correct his disciples. Um, they had mis- the Pharisees had mistaken uh, rule keeping for following God. In almost everything they did, all their practice, all the religious things that they did, um, But Jesus called his disciples and he calls us to follow him. But he doesn't just give us, I mean, we have his word, but he doesn't just, he did not give his disciples a rule book to follow. Here's how you follow me. Here's what you need to do. Um, But instead, he offered himself and he does so with us as well. He offered himself And it's always been about relationship, not about performance, not just about keeping the law or the rules or or obeying the, the, the law. Now, however, Jesus came to fulfill the law for us because he knew we could never fulfill the law on our own, right? Um... He didn't abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it because he knew we could not save ourselves. Following Jesus can often be misunderstood for Religion, right? And rule keeping. And sometimes we fall into these same religious regulations and traps and rules that we need to follow. Well, today I want to address some of these things um, about following the rules versus following Jesus in a relationship. And Jesus always intended to follow him as a matter of our heart. It's a heart issue. More than just keeping the rules. Uh, so I want to read, I'm going to read actually down to verse 23, starting in verse 1. So bear with me as we read this together. It says in chapter 7, verse 1, The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean. Again, unclean ceremonial. That is unwashed. And the disciples and all the Jews did not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the traditions of the elders. 
And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as washing the cups, the pitchers, and kettles. Verse 5. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why do your disciples don't live according to the tradition of the elders, instead eating their food with unclean hands? And he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are but rules taught by men. Have you not let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men? And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is a gift devoted to God, then you, are no, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and that you do many things like that. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. I like this. He said, are you so dull? He said. He asked, don't you see that nothing enters a man from outside can make him unclean for it does not go into his heart but into his stomach and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. And he went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean for from within. Out of a man's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, Adultery, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Lord, there's some very important things in your word here today for us to, to pay attention to, to hear. Lord, it is, you always wanting to get to our heart. And Lord, sometimes we can get caught up in just trying to follow a bunch of rules and Lord, I ask that we may hear what you want to have us receive from this message here today. Holy Spirit, will you just speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Now again, as we see, some of the leaders, religious leaders were upset with Jesus. They're going, your disciples, they're, they're not washing their hands. They're not ceremonial, clean um, like, you know, and Jesus' answer was, why do you break God's commands because of your tradition? And he went on to give this example of this uh, tradition or it was called a rule of Corbin that they made up. Now, Pharisees would often take not only the law, following the law, but they would add things to it. To, uh, and so they made up this rule called Corbin. And this, see, God's law... Uh, required honor your father and mother, the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, that, but the religious, these, these Pharisees and such, created this, this Corbin rule that declared if you just decide something is dedicated to God, you don't need to care for your parents anymore. 
You, you can just say, no, this is Corbin, so I don't need to care for my aged parent anymore. I can just say, you know, I'm just declaring this dedicated to God. Or they, it was basically just a big excuse for getting away with not taking care of their... So he was saying, you have a crafty way of getting around what you're supposed to do um, and caring for your parents. Jesus called this hypocrisy. You guys are a bunch of hypocrites is what you are. And so he quoted from Isaiah 29, verse 13 in this. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And they worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines these human commands. So that, he goes, you guys are far from God in this. And what I want to see in this, first of all, is that have you ever, have you ever got caught up in just following the rules, trying to be a good Christian, trying to, uh, trying to just do everything right in order to gain God's approval? Have you ever been caught in a sense or feeling like you needed to do that? I need to do all these religious things in order to please God. I need to do this or get caught up. And sometimes religion can be uh, something, a trap that we can fall into. And we need to understand, we must choose love over the law. We have to choose love over the law because, and this, my own testimony of, it was growing up and growing up um, in a Christian home, but I took a path of falling into trying to do, be a good Christian, trying to do everything right, trying to be religious. And so what really developed in me was a religious spirit. And God wanted to set me free from that because what I lacked understanding was I, I understood the religious part, but I lacked love. Does that make sense? I lacked an understanding of God's love. And so God wants us to know um, he does give us commands. And what's the greatest commandment? To love God and love people, right? That is a command God wants us to know above all things, above all the law and the prophets. He said, love God and love people. But I, I, I find in 1 John 4, 19, what I just quoted from 1 John uh, 20, perfect love casts out fear. But right before that, it says, we love because God first loved us. We need, the only way we can truly be loved is unless we, we receive God's love. We receive God's love and he transforms us. He changes us so that we can be giving love. And I lacked understanding of that because I was trying, I was so caught and narrow-minded and focused on doing everything right. Um, I wonder how many things we, we sometimes lose sight of God's love and lose sight of loving people because we're trying to do everything right. Uh, we must choose love over law or rule keeping. And so again, we're in those verses that we just read in verses 14 through 15, Jesus called the crowd and he said, listen to me and understand this. Nothing outside of man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it's what comes out of a man. It's what's inside of you that makes him unclean. And verses 18 through 23, he said, 
are you so dull, disciples? Are you so dull? Don't you understand this? Why don't you understand this? He, he of, you often see that. He goes, oh, you have little faith. Why do you under, not understand this? I'm trying to explain to you spiritual things. Trying to explain to you spiritual things. And there's been times in my life that um, I couldn't get out of my head. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't get things out of my head to, in, in order to, to understand the things of the Spirit. Because sometimes that's what religion does. It just keeps you, keeps you only what your mind can comprehend. And he says, I want you to learn how to live in the Spirit, not just what your own understanding and your own mind can comprehend. Because God is Spirit, right? He is Spirit. And he wants us to understand things uh, more than just what our eyes see. And, and I had a hard time understanding that for a long time. And, and just understanding when, when, pe when people would ask me, do you know God loves you? And I'm like, yes, I do. I know, in my, I know God loves me because the Bible tells me so. Right? <laughs> I know that. But it's, it's more than that. Have you had a, a, a revelation of God's love? And I'm like, a what, a what, a? <laughs> a what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, yes, I feel God loves me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and until I really had that, and I'm not saying you need to take the three steps to do this in order to get God's love. I'm not saying that today. But if you lack understanding of God's love, just ask him. God, will you show your love to me more than just my head can figure out? And he will. He will. He'll give that to you. I have a long story about that I won't go into today, but you can ask me about it later. Uh, when the disciples, they failed to wash their hands, ignoring and accepting the, this, uh, ignoring this tradition or the ceremonial things, the Pharisees uh, we're confronting Jesus about this. They were so upset, get caught up in that. And Jesus was correcting their hypocrisy. Um, he's saying, you know, and, and, and I thought of this other scripture. He said in, in Luke chapter six, verse 44 and 45, uh, Jesus was also addressing something similar. And he was saying, uh, a tree is recognized by its fruit. A good tree is recognized by its good fruit, and a bad tree is recognized by its bad fruit. And he said, for out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. That's what he said, and this is exactly what he's talking about. It's, what's, it's the junk inside of you that's coming out. It's just, you know, how many times do we sometimes slip up? Oh, I didn't mean to say that. And I'm like, well, maybe it was more in your heart than you realize. Hmm, Ouch. That can hurt. You know, I, I read some years ago, maybe if you want to look at this copy or, or you can borrow it from me if you like, but I read this years ago, 12 steps for the recovering Pharisee like me. <laughs> Finding grace to live unmasked lives. I read this and I was so convicted. I'm like, I am a Pharisee. <laughs> I, was, I was going, oh man, you can't deny that. 12 steps of recovering Pharisee like me. How often as a Christian do sometimes we get caught in that religious mindset or religious spirit? You know, it's the sin, it's the junk 
in our trunk. It's the, it's the junk inside our hearts that comes out of our mouth that make us unclean. Mark tells us, uh, saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He said, it's not the food that you eat, whether it's Jewish kosher or not. He said, you can eat whatever you want. And of course, that would have been shocking to hear. Oh, you mean we can have bacon now? Yes, <laughs> amen. Everything's better with bacon, I think. Um, but even more, Jesus rejected this entire clean, unclean division that, that was going on. So Jesus might be the, he, he was the most irreligious leader ever. It's not just about our externals. It's about what's inside of us. It's all a matter of the heart. For, for all of us who pride ourselves in trying to always make ourselves look good on the outside, pay attention to the externals. This might blow our world. This might be a blow to our world, you know, just like, ah, really? How many of you have been guilty of being legalists or religious, religious at times? You know, I, again, I grew up a pretty strict religious person. But thank God, he set me free from a lot of that. He did. And God always looks at the heart. We, we might put on a good show for everyone, but have our externals line, you know, getting all our externals nice and shiny. And, but God is never fooled. He sees whatever we hide on the inside. He sees the secrets that we're keeping. I often say in, in our recovery group, we're as sick as our secrets. All that stuff that Jesus said resides in our hearts. And he, and he lists some things, evil thoughts and murder and greed, uh, sexual immorality, theft, lying, arrogance, all these things he's, he's listing. Um, <laughs> one time I was at a, a pastor's meeting um, and I was sitting with him, for some reason, we were in this conversation about the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and we actually have a Ten Commandments sign out on the highway, and some churches have those. Uh, someone donated it for us, so I said, sure, I'll, I'll take one. Um, and we were talking about it, and I said, you know what, I've broken all Ten Commandments. I've broken every single one. And I remember this pastor was like, oh, surely, Greg. Surely, Greg, you have not murdered anybody or you have not committed adultery as a pastor. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, are you forgetting what Jesus said? What he said, if you have uh, held unforgiveness and anger towards someone, it says, have you murdered somebody? Or if you've lusted uh, after someone, you've already committed adultery in your hearts? I said, I have broken all of Ten Commandments and so have you. And they're like, oh, <laughs> it was just talking about religious. I mean, they were just like, oh, oh, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. How many of you can remember all 10 commandments without looking? I've often said, you know, people, people nowadays they don't even know what they are. They can't even repeat them. But if I ask you to name 10 beers... You can do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's just like, have we memorized the wrong things? <laughs> have we forgotten? You know, God's word's still applicable today. His Ten Commandments are still applicable today. Yes, absolutely. 
One prayer I should, we should just remember every day is, Lord, cleanse my heart. Make me clean from the inside out. Do a work inside of me. Cleanse my heart, God. Free me from these legalistic and these religious things I get so caught up in at times. This religious thinking to know you, Jesus, to know you truly as you want me to know you, to know your love. Matthew chapter five, verse eight, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. How's the purity in your heart right now? <laughs> How's it going? Without a cleansing from God, that's the only way we will see God. That's the only, and I'm not just talking see with our eyes, I'm talking about what I was describing. The only way you're gonna get from here to your heart to see and to hear God is when we ask him to cleanse our heart. I, you know, sometimes God shows me some of those areas that I need to, that he doesn't ever give us guilt or shame or condemnation. He does not give us that, but he, the Holy Spirit does give us conviction. Conviction is a lot different than, than shame and condemnation. Shame and condemnation are never from God. God never says, shame on you. Shame is a spirit. And we dare not say that to people either. We should say, God, I, you know, you convict us at times. You show some of those ugly things in our heart. You reveal some of those things that we need to make right. Some of those skeletons in our closet that he wants us to say, is there unforgiveness in your life? Is there, is there undealt with stuff? Junk in our trunk, like I said. And as, I, as God shows me those things, I ask him to cleanse me, and he does, and he, and he sets me free from that. But you know what? I have to keep coming back. I have to keep coming back because it's not just a, necessarily a one and done thing forever for the rest of my life. You know what? It's like taking a shower every day. Hopefully every day. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, taking, getting clean, especially if you have teenagers, right? <laughs> I remember going into my boys' room when they were teenagers, and I'm like, holy, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. How do you breathe in there? Um, so... Um, we need to daily be cleansed. We need to daily uh, say, Lord, I want to be cleansed by you each and every day. But also free me. Free me from legalistic and religious thinking, especially. We've got to keep coming back. It says in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. Just have to own it. Stop Stop excusing it. Stop blaming it away. Own it. Own your issues. Own your junk. And just like, yes, I do have junk. And then confess it. Confess your sins to him because he's faithful and just. We sang about faithful. You are faithful. Yes and amen, right? He is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Other times Jesus had to confront these Pharisees about their religious legalism and their hypocrisy. And, and 
This another point I want to make is that we must choose authenticity over hypocrisy. We need to be honest people. Authenticity, are you authentic? Are you real? Are you honest? Matthew 23, verse 27, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law, you hypocrites. He said this, this is interesting, this is similar to what he was uh, telling um, the Pharisees at this time. He often confronted the, the Pharisees about their religiousness. He, I love this. He says, you are like whitewashed tombs, <laughs> which look beautiful on the outside, on the, but on the inside are full of rotten bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So in this passage in Matthew 23, Jesus gives this scathing judgment of the disciples' hypocrisy. They were the most religious and the devout people of their day. And Jesus called them out on these several issues, saying that you know, this, they're hypocrites, saying one thing and doing another. You know what keeps people from God most of all? Are Christians that are hypocrites. Is there hypocrisy in our lives? And, you know, I often say, you know, it's just like I'm, 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 I'm reading this. And have you ever been reading your Bible or heard it in a sermon like this? And you're just like, boy, I wish they were here today. They need to hear this today. Man, that would be so good if they would hear this. Mm, I'm, or I'm going to get the CD on this one. I'm definitely going to have them watch this one. I have to ask myself, I'm going, maybe God's wanting to speak to me first. <laughs> maybe there's some issues in my own life I need to get right. It's not just looking at someone else that needs to hear this. Maybe something God wants to show me as well, right? That, like, oh yeah, they, they really need to hear this. We can certainly think of other people, but let's just take a, a moment. God, what do you want to speak to me through this? Jesus compared them to a bunch of whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but inside, um, their outside didn't match their heart. Six times in Matthew 23, he gave different woes, warnings, uh, calling out the, the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. And the Greek word for uh, hip, hypocrites is hypocrites which actually means an actor or a Greek actor. And Greek actors would often wear masks and they would put on this mask and act out that character. Or maybe that actor would actually play multiple parts and so they put on a different mask. And so what it meant is a pretender. You're, you're a pretender or you're a poser. You're posing as someone that you're not. Um, playing these several characters by changing out their, their masks. And that's what Jesus is saying. Are you a pretender? Are you just posing to be this righteous dude when you're not, you know, your heart is far from that? That's not who you really are. Jesus goes on in that Matthew 23 said, everything they do is for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide, which is the thing on their head, the little box. Um, and their tassels on their garments, you know, these tassels um, 
which were long, and they loved the place of honor at the banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. And they loved to be greeted and respected in the marketplace and called rabbi. And they're just like, yes, yes, bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> come on, tell me how good I am. It was all for show. And it was all done for people to see. They're wearing these religious masks to make themselves look good. And, uh, but it was an act. And they were all just actors putting on a show. And that word focus usually means that we're paying more attention to following the rules than we are a heart issue or following Jesus. Big difference instead of following the rules, but following Jesus. But let's admit it, all, all of us want approval. We don't want it to be accepted. We want to be loved by people. We all want an attaboy once in a while. And so it's easy to fall into the trap of doing good things. This doesn't apply to doing concessions. You know, you need to do that. <laughs> so, uh, but when I do something good, I can catch myself sometimes looking around, you know. Or if they don't notice, I find a way to drop it in a conversation, you know. I can't go to coffee today because I gave all my money to the poor, you know, so it's no big deal. I do it all the time, you know. I do the, you know, uh, that was a joke. That was a joke, just, just so you know. <laughs> Got really quiet in here. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, this is why Jesus says to do things in secret. Your father sees what you pray, your father sees what you give. It's like the woman who gave out of her need the last two coins, the last two widows might, they call it. He noticed that, he, he saw that, and he rewarded her for that. God sees what you do in secret more than you do in public. So does your inner match your outer person that you show everybody else? Jesus doesn't expect followers to be perfect. He never does. He's not asking you to be perfect, but he, he does expect us to be honest and authentic. Can you be honest? And I, I love it that a couple of you got up and shared and say, God freed me from this. That's being authentic. That's great. I love that, that we can be authentic. And this type of externalism and this hypocrisy can be so harmful. It keeps people from Jesus. And how many people use this as an excuse? They stay away from church because Jesus, um, because of phony Christians. And I get it. We've probably, everyone in this room has been hurt in some way by the church, by phony Christians. Again, I just own it. You're right. I've been phony. Yeah, you're right. I've been fake. But I hope you can see in me that I'm, I'm honest about it. I'm not trying to hide anything. I want to be transparent. You can ask me anything. Ask me anything. I don't want to hide anything from you guys. And that's the way we should be. Pharisees and religious leaders taught people that they had to obey all the rules in order to please God, and that's simply not true. You cannot do anything, anything, for God to love you any more than he does at this very moment. Anything. God loves you right now, right now, where you are. Does he want us to stay there? No. 
but he's not going to change the way he feels and loves you. Regardless of what we do for him, it's never going to change the way he loves you. You or I do anything for him. We can't do things to get God to love us. Unfortunately, Christians can send the wrong message and load people down with these, these burdens, these heavy loads that he was talking about. And, and I was just reminded, even in my reading yesterday, my devotion time, um, Jesus said this in Matthew 11. You're familiar with this, but I want to read it from the, the Message Bible. Uh, Eugene Peterson wrote the paraphrased version. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take the real test. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's taken from the, that passage in 11 that says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Religion is characterized by, always by guilt, shame and condemnation, but relationship is always characterized by grace and being real. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just free to own it. I'm just free to own it. I don't, I'm not fearful uh, whatever you guys might ask me. There was times in my life I was afraid that people would ask me about my, my life. I was afraid to be real with people. You know, even after becoming a pastor, I was afraid to be transparent with people. What if people, what if people don't accept me? What if people reject me because of that? Because I'm just being honest. Do I believe a, a leader is supposed to be above reproach? Yes, but sometimes when we try to live above reproach, we, we forget that, to be real with people. I, I try to live uh, a godly life, and we all should live in godliness and live to grow in relationship with God. Live godly lives. But it doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. I'm just more free to share it now. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. And if you don't like me, I don't care anymore. <laughs> no, I, it's just a matter of God's freed me from that. He has. God always looks at my heart. And, and so should we. He starts on the inside and so should we. We need to have humble, we need to have contrite hearts and trust and invite God to do his work in us, to make us new and to set us free from the religious stuff. And lastly, you must choose the Holy Spirit over my own strength. I need to choose his power over my own attempts at self-righteousness, at my own attempts at being good. And if you wanna read John 15, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, it talks about this very thing. I am the vine and you are the branches. You can't do anything apart from me. You can't bear fruit. You can't do it. But rather, we are to walk in his spirit and he will transform us from the inside out. We can live by the rules or we can live by the power of his spirit. We must choose to walk in the Holy Spirit over our own strength. In Romans chapter 8 Here's a couple examples. Romans 8 says, For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his son in the likeness 
of sinful man, to be a sin offering. And he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but live according to the spirit. We couldn't keep the law on our own, so God came to our rescue. Now the requirements of the law are fully met in us because we live according to the spirit. He does it. He does the work in us. And we couldn't do it on his own, so he gave us his power. In Galatians chapter 5, another great passage to read, read through. But verses 16 through 18 says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and what is Spirit is contrary to the sinful nature. It's in a tug-of-war with each other. So they are in conflict with each other. So you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And again, just keep on reading that. If you live by the Spirit, this will be the fruit. This will be the outcome. You will get the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It won't be because you're trying to be a more loving and patient and joyful person. It's, this is not just... A, this is how sometimes people... Uh, preach these passages or, or look at these passages They go, you know, if you just do this and this and this, or in John 15 that I mentioned, I often, growing up, I felt like I needed to prune myself. I just need to cut this off and this off and this off and this off, and then I will be a good Christian. And I got it all wrong. <laughs> I was getting it all wrong because it says, the Father is the pruner. He's the one who prunes things out of us. If we all had to be good Christians in order to be accepted by God, you know, we, this is what we, we sometimes keeps people from God is because we need to do all these goody-goody things. And this is what people feel like, I can't ever enter into a church because there are a bunch of goody-goodies there. There's a bunch of holier-than-holies, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just like, God is changing me from the inside out. He is removing some of these sinful desires in me. He's taken some of those things away. Because as I walk in the Spirit, He starts that pruning process. He starts that cleansing. And actually, if you know John 15, it actually doesn't even mean so much that He cuts it off. He lifts it up. It actually lifts it out of the dirt and binds it to the vine. Cleanses it off. That's, a, that's another whole sermon too, but. Why did Paul write that to the Galatians? If you read the, the letter of Galatians that Paul wrote, he was going, why are you so foolish? He said that in, in Galatians chapter three. He said, are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit you are now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Who has bewitched you? Who, why are you going back into those junky religious things again? Live by the Spirit, guys. Get back to where you need to get back to. If you find yourself just speaking to you today, have I got into a pattern of rule keeping, of religious keeping? God wants to call you into his father's love. He wants to call you back to himself. 
And I always go back to Luke 15 of the prodigal son. You know, we think about the prodigal son as the one who went away and, and uh, spent all his money. He, he, he did all this. But you know there was actually two prodigal sons. There's one that was wayward and did all that stuff. And, and then he finally came to his senses where he came back and the father saw him and ran. And then he threw, put a new cloak on him and, and threw him a big party. Then who got ticked off in that story? It was the brother. It was the older brother that said, how come you never threw me a party? How come you never did that for me? And the father was going, don't you see? I've always had this. You always have everything that you need. And he missed it. He missed the father's love just as much as the one that ran away. He missed it even more so because he was doing everything right. And I think that's what we fall into. We fall into the, the rebellious child, and it could be a son or daughter, it doesn't matter in, this, in that passage. We can be the rebellious child that maybe that was you, but we usually fall into one of those two examples. I was the, I was the older brother that stayed home that did everything right. I don't know if you're in my, my shoes or you were the rebellious one that went and partied and did a lot of stuff. I don't know, it doesn't matter. But there was two prodigals that missed the father's love. And I had to find Jesus doing everything right. And some people need to find Jesus the ones that di didn't know God at all. How do I guard my heart? God says we, there's a couple things we need to do to guard our heart. The Bible says to guard two things. First of all, your mouth. Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. If you're thinking of getting a tattoo, that scripture would be a really good one. <laughs> God says to keep a guard over my mouth. And the second thing is to put a, even more important, to keep a lid over my heart. It says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. And Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19, listen my son and be wise. Direct your heart in the way. So these verses in these, these last few verses, did they pull up at all? I don't know if they were in there. Were they in there? They weren't? Oh, sorry. Um, so these verses tell us to direct our heart with all diligence and in the way because it shows us our tendency, our hearts have a tendency to wander, to get off track. And sometimes it will go the wrong way. Even if you've grown up in church <laughs> your whole life. Therefore, we have to rein it in despite ourselves. And when you direct your heart according to what God desires and are led by the Spirit, that's what brings the change. He does it, not yourself. David was known as a man after God's own heart, right? Was that because he did everything right all the time? <laughs> Far from it. He committed adultery, then he killed Bathsheba's husband. How is he still known as a man after God's own heart? And I, I, Psalm 51 is, is his song that he wrote to say, 
Cleanse my heart, O God, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And in Psalm 139, I love that chapter. I love this psalm. He says, starting out, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. And it says, you've knit me in my mother's womb. And he goes on in that whole passage. You've knew me from the very beginning. In the last couple verses, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart and test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Shouldn't that be a prayer we regularly pray to also? Search me, O God. Show me, Lord, if there's any offensive ways in me. Show me, Lord, if my heart is going off track. It was way bigger than just washing their hands, Jesus was saying to these Pharisees. Only he can change us from within. It's a matter of our heart. Lord God, I just ask that if this, if any of this, Lord, has spoken to us today about sometimes our own tendency to fall into a religious mindset of trying to do everything right. I just, that we don't get caught up in, I, I, I didn't go to church enough, I didn't pray enough, I didn't read my Bible enough, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. And it's, it really is just a bunch of do's and don'ts that we get caught up in. And Lord, I, I pray that we would not hear that from you today. That we would hear that you love us and you want us to know your love. Whether we were the, the prodigal that ran away and did everything and partied and, and maybe some of us are still there and we need to come back. That we would have that conviction, not your judgment, not your, it's your kindness that always leads us to repentance, oh Lord. That we sense that you want to, we need to come to you and you will run to us if we make that step towards you. Or Lord, if we've tried to do everything right our whole life, if we're the older child that stayed home and did everything religious, did everything right, but we still might have missed your love. I pray that we would also hear this, God. Like a Pharisee, that we just say, God, I'm, I don't understand your love and I just ask for a revelation of your love and your power that I can't do this on my own strength. Cleanse me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Show me, Lord, if there's anything in me and lead me in the way everlasting like, you, like David did. And the way he could be called a man after his own heart was because he humbled himself and he admitted it. And that's what you ask of us too, Lord. Own it. We just have to own it, Lord, and ask for your cleansing and ask for your power, Lord God, that we can be a witness for you, that you can bring forth your fruit in our life and we can show people how, that we are loved by you and that we, it's not the command to love God and love people is not burdensome. It's actually a joy to do that, to love you and to love others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, this is a, this is a deep passage, and I, I think it's just a, it's a heart issue. It's a heart matter. I don't know where your heart is today. If the Lord wants to just show you anything today in this, and you want prayer, then I'm happy to pray with you.
that God wants to do this in all of us, just to make us free. You are free. You can be free from all this junk and the religious stuff that we get caught up in. Amen?